Day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries on this rainy Friday afternoon, October 14th. It's 3.04 p.m. tomorrow standard time. As I look out the window of the campus, it is overcast and raining. If you're listening to the live broadcast, half a day to you. Hopefully you're safe as you're driving about the island. Maybe you're in the car listening on 88.1 FM. That's our radio broadcast, the bottom of the FM radio dial here on Guam. Glad you're listening to us. Maybe just picked up your kids from school or running errands, heading home from work. Maybe your job involves you driving around. Glad you're with us. Some of you are listening on the computer, either through hbcguam.net or khmg.org. Glad that uh, you are listening to us using technology. Some of you use the TuneIn app or other free radio tuning apps on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer. I'm glad that uh, you're able to tune in that way. We love having this show. This is our 187th episode, only three away from 190, 13 away from 200 on this Friday, October 14th. We'll do something special when we hit the big two zero zero. That's a, that's a landmark. That'll be a landmark show for us. So we'll we'll do something special. But glad that you're with us this afternoon. If you ever miss part of the show, you can download the podcast. Go to khmg.org, and we have our archive podcast there via SoundCloud. You can also listen through iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. However you like just go to khmg.org you'll figure it out it's really easy you can listen to us in real time or previously recorded we rebroadcast the show in its entirety on saturdays from noon to two and sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m so catch us on the rebound this weekend if you ever miss part of the show saturday noon to two sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m wow i'm looking at our super high-tech weather station here on the wall at the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio. We have winds to the northeast at 10 miles an hour. The outside temperature, 78 degrees, 41% humidity. Barometric pressure holding at 29.7. And looks like we've had about half an inch of rain this afternoon. 0.46 inches of rain and raining right now. So, cool. Great. It's a nice Friday afternoon. Glad that you are with us. Glad that we could do this show again every Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. live. That's why we call it Live Till 5. And I expect we'll have some of our regular cohorts up here with us. Uh, Sebastian and uh, Chris and Lawrence should be having some stories from the Stranger Than Fiction section. We have uh, This Day in History. We have What's in My Coffee provided generously by the hub and our topic of the day our topic of the day today will be 
Kings and Monarchs, in honor of King Bhumibol, who just passed away in Thailand. We'll give his obituary and talk a little bit about his reign, as well as other kingdoms, kings, monarchs, etc., throughout the show. So it should be a, a fun show. Hopefully you're able to stay tuned. But again, if you miss any part of the show, you can always tune back in later. And, uh, you know, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, has been on the air for over 20 years. We're going on 21 years now, broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even during typhoons, we're broadcasting. And we do a mix of live radio and good Christian programming where we have Bible-based teaching and preaching programs, beautiful Christian music that's always going to be uplifting to your spirit, and uh, everything we do comes with a Christian worldview, and we are glad that you get to be part of that. We'd love to hear from you. You can go on Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Just find Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Hit the little thumbs up button, the like button, and leave us a comment that you're listening. We love to hear of new people listening. We have people that uh, tell us they're listening from all around the world. We'll get we'll get notes from people every once in a while. The way I know someone's listening is if I say something that uh, maybe they disagree with or maybe something that uh, maybe I tease about something and they, they put in their two cents and they'll send us a quick note on Facebook. So however you want to communicate with us is great. You know you can always stop by Harvest Family Radio. We're open for business during business hours, third floor, directly above the coffee shop here on the Harvest Ministries campus. You're always welcome to come up during business hours and say hi to Sebastian and Chris and the guys that work up here. They'll show you around. It's not a long tour. Pretty much it'll take you about uh, 10 minutes to see everything we have here, but it, I think you'll really be surprised how much we can do with in a, in a nice little space here. A lot of technology, and uh, it's kind of like the inside of the space shuttle Endeavor. That's, that's what it is. It's all this high-tech equipment compacted into a little area and, uh, you know, I guess that makes Sebastian and Chris the two astronauts that uh, run this uh, space station. So, anyway, maybe maybe the illustration breaks down there. But, you know, it's time for one of my favorite segments. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many successful Americans theologians, pastors, politicians, presidents, barons of industry, philosophers, writers, etc. Speaking of writers, this American novelist, short story writer, essayist, and poet was born into a large, well-respected literary family in New York in 1819. He attempted to support his family by working various jobs from banking to teaching school. However, It was his adventures as a seaman in 1845 that inspired Herman Melville to write. In 1851, he completed his masterpiece, Moby Dick, or The Whale. Considered by modern scholars to be one of the great American novels, the book was dismissed by Melville's contemporaries, and he made little money from the effort. It wasn't until the 1920s that the literary public began to recognize Melville as one of America's greatest writers. And you know what he had on his desk, according to this book? He had the quote that said, Keep true to the dreams of thy youth. That's Herman Melville on The Buck Stops Here.
I really do like reading those quotes from uh, sages of the past. And it's always interesting to, you know, hear what people find inspiring, I guess. You know, you put a quote on your desk or on your wall, usually it's because you're looking for a little bit of inspiration. And uh, that's where most of those quotes come from. And I've had a few really good ones. And a few of them, you scratch your head, you're like, oh, you found that inspiring? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Anyway, it's a good day. It's a rainy day, and we are glad that you're with us. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It's Friday afternoon, 3.12 p.m. on October 14th. Glad you're with us here on KHMG 88.1 FM. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 3.16 p.m., depending on which clock you're looking at. Friday, October 14th. Here at the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, over 20 years in broadcasting. Here on the island of Guam. And all around the world at khmg.org and hbcguam.net. Both websites give you links on how you can listen, whether you want to listen live, whether you want to listen in a portable way by downloading an app, or you want to listen later on to a pre-recorded show. You know, if you go to khmg.org, you'll also find it's not just live till five programming there, but it's also the other high quality programs that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. I'd encourage you to check it out. It's totally worth it. You'll you'll enjoy taking a look at what we have going on there at heart, at uh, khmg.org. Recently started that that website's not been around that long, so maybe you've never been to it before. You can also find us on Facebook. Harvest Family Radio is on Facebook. We'd love for you to check us out there. Leave a comment. Let us know that you're listening. Just hit the little like button if nothing else. We usually upload many of our podcasts to our Harvest Family Radio Facebook page so that you can uh, click on the link there. We try to make it as convenient as possible. Can you believe we're already starting to talk about um, Christmas music? Yep, we're only five, six, six, seven weeks away from uh, Christmas music season. Now, we will not break it out before it is appropriate. We will wait until the appropriate time, till the official Christmas season has begun, and that is not the Christmas season as started by local stores. That is the Christmas season recognized in the traditional Midwestern sense that I grew up in, so sometime right after Thanksgiving probably. So glad you're with us today. Every week, I like to go through a list of idioms. The, and this comes from the Dictionary of Idioms, the Scholastic Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. 
This book was provided to us by an idiom lover herself, PC, one of our faithful listeners. And uh, she gave me this book because she knew we liked idioms on the show. We talk about them all the time. And last week we did some idioms that all started with letter H. We're going to continue here. Now these idioms, sometimes we use turns of phrase or figures of speech, similes, metaphors, colloquialisms, inference. We use a lot of different uh, uh, tools in our language toolbox, but people that didn't grow up speaking English or didn't grow up in a certain region speaking English might not be familiar with some of these idioms. They might hear people say them. And, uh, you know, it seems like some people use a lot more idioms than others. There are some people, you know, those those storytelling kind of people, they just love to use word pictures and idioms and figures of speech. And so every once in a while they'll mix a couple of them up and they'll say something like, well, it ain't rocket surgery or something like that. And you're like, I think it's it's not rocket science or it's not brain surgery, but... It ain't rocket surgery is not actually a phrase. But anyway, I digress. Here are some idioms. <clears throat> Have a bone to pick with you. This saying goes back to the early 16th century based on the image of people arguing over fine points like dogs picking over bones to get every last bit of meat. Others think it may have originated with the 19th century from the idea that two people can argue the way two dogs can fight over a bone. In either case, if someone has a bone to pick with you, it means that he or she has a complaint about something you said or did. So if someone says they have a bone to pick with you, prepare yourself. They're getting ready to tell you they have a problem with you. You have a screw loose. During the machine age, beginning around the 1860s, many contraptions were held together by nuts, bolts, and screws. If a screw came loose, the machine would not operate as it was supposed to. It might start to do all sorts of bizarre things. People aren't held together with screws, of course. But if they start acting weirdly, this expression might fit them perfectly. It means to behave or look in a strange or foolish manner, to be odd or not ordinary, to have a screw loose. I think they used to say that on Bugs Bunny all the time, about Bugs Bunny. Have your cake and eat it too. This phrase started sometime around the 1540s. Once you've eaten a piece of cake, you don't have it anymore. So you have to make a decision to eat it or to save it. In the same way, money that you've spent is money that you no longer have in your pocket. You have to choose what to do with what you have. The original version of this expression is, you can't eat your cake and have it too. And uh, this means to spend or use something up but still have it. To have two things when you must choose one. How about this one? Have your heart in your mouth. Homer used this expression. This goes way back. Homer, not the Home Depot bucket guy, but Homer, the the uh, philosopher and author. Homer used this expression thousands of years ago in his famous epic poem, The Iliad. When you are terrified, your heart starts pounding violently and there's a choking feeling in your throat. Homer referred to that feeling as having your heart in your mouth. For centuries, that's the way many people have described the feeling of extreme terror or dread. To be extremely frightened about something is to have your heart in your mouth. Head and shoulders above someone means far superior. First used in the 1800s, this saying referred to height, a very tall person who towers over a very short one. But over the years, the meaning has been stretched to include any skill 
one has that is better than someone else's. So a five-foot person may be head and shoulders above a six-foot person in math, tap dancing, and writing stories. And if someone's a mathematical tap dancing writer, you know, hey, they deserve to be head and shoulders above someone else. Superior, much better. If someone's the head honcho, Japanese word hanchu means squad leader. Han is squad and chu means chief. During the Korean War, American soldiers changed the spelling to honcho and added head, probably because head honcho is kind of a catchy phrase. Today, a head honcho is the principal of a school, owner of a business, you know, manager of a radio station. Chris Harper in this illustration would be the head honcho of KHMG. See, don't you like it when I apply to a real world situation, then the idiom sticks with you. Your head in the clouds. In the mid 1600s, the idea was first written that if you weren't aware of what was going on, if your mind was in a dreamy state, then your head was in the air. Later, air was changed to clouds because air goes all the way down to the ground, but clouds are usually high up. When your head is in the clouds, it means your mind is definitely somewhere else. It's like daydreaming or being absent-minded when your head is in the clouds. Have you ever heard someone say that they are just head over heels in love? That means to be completely and helplessly in love. The expression goes back to the ancient Romans, and it means that being in love with someone makes one's emotions topsy-turvy, upside down. For nearly 500 years, it was heels over head. Then the saying grew to suggest that being in love is like somersaulting. So completely and helplessly in love, head over heels in love. You could hear a pen drop. Well, if a lamp fell and smashed on the floor, you'd hear it from another room. But if a pen dropped, you might not hear it land, even if you were standing right there. In the early 1800s, when the expression was first used, women sewed most of their own clothing. Pens and needles were expensive and sometimes hard to come by. So if a pen dropped, you'd hope that the room was silent enough that you could hear it hit the floor. Then you could find it more easily. A room so quiet that you could quote-unquote hear a pin drop would be a very quiet room indeed. Nowadays, we can use this phrase for any uh, very hushed place with or without dropping pins. So to hear a pin drop means it's so silent. You can even hear very soft things happening or it means totally quiet, noiseless, without a sound. What does it mean if someone has a heart of gold? I'll do three more of these here. Well, William Shakespeare used this expression, which comes from the 1500s. Your heart couldn't pump blood if it were made of something hard like gold, but heart has always stood for more than just an organ in your body. In poetry and in song, it means your basic character, your ability to feel affection and love, and the place where your deepest feelings are. Gold has always had a special meaning in our language, too. Expressions like good as gold or the gold standard or worth your weight in gold suggest that gold is highly desirable. So when you say that someone has a heart of gold... It means that the person is lovely, thoughtful, compassionate, considerate, concerned, kind, generous, forgiving, caring, unselfish, etc. Extremely kind, generous, humane, if they have a heart of gold. Two more here. Their heart's in the right place. Everyone's heart is in the middle of their chest. Since the heart is often considered the center of one's emotions and feelings, this expression means that even if what you're trying to do comes out wrong, your intentions were right. It means to be well-meaning and kind-hearted, to have good intentions even though mistakes occur. That's what it means when you say someone's heart is in the right place. Now, this is one that you will hear people say, especially older folks, especially older folks from, I don't know, certain regions of the United States. 
when they say, heavens to Betsy. That probably means absolutely nothing to someone who's recently learned the English language. Heavens to Betsy. The expression is a real mystery. So, heavens to Betsy. I don't even know what it means. Heavens to Betsy is a real mystery. We know what it means, and we think it originated in the United States in the late 1890s, but nobody today is 100% certain where it came from. Why heavens, and who in the world is Betsy? Even the word expert who titled his book, The Curious Sayings, Heavens to Betsy, couldn't name the source. But basically, it's just an expression of astonishment, amazement, disbelief. So if someone says, heavens to Betsy, it means they're really like surprised or astonished. They're, they're shocked. So there you go. Those are some of the idioms for the week. Now, I want to just take a moment to uh, promote some of the things that are happening uh, this week at Harvest. First off, let me invite you to come to church. This is a great platform for me to be able to do this. If you already have a church home and your church home is, is a, a place where you can worship God, you open God's word, you, you pray, you sing praises to him, uh, great. Be faithful to going to a Bible-preaching church. But if you don't have a church home, maybe you're listening, you're like, you know, I, I really don't go to church anymore, or I've, my, my church attendance has kind of lapsed a little bit. Come visit us here at Harvest Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m., we have these little Bible studies all over our church campus. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service, our morning worship service. And uh, that's where we all gather together. They have a kids program and a nursery, but the older children, teens, and all the adults meet in the church auditorium here just off of uh, Route 8 and Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street uh, here in uh, on the, the edge of Barragata and Mong Mong Toto Maiti. And uh, come at 10.30 a.m. to Harvest Baptist Church and join us for our morning worship service. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, especially if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come. And then Sunday nights at 6 p.m., we have what's called Family Bible Hour. Last week, we got to go to the beach. We didn't have our Family Bible Hour because we had a big church picnic for our anniversary Sunday. We just celebrated 41 years in ministry on Guam, which is a real blessing. Radio station's been around half of that time, uh, over 20 years, and then the church has been around 41 years, so real blessing there. But uh, this Sunday night, back to our normal schedule, 6 p.m., right here in the Harvest Baptist Church Auditorium. We'd love to have you join us. It's kind of a practical, uh, smaller group instead of the big five, 600 people on Sunday morning. It's about half that number. This Sunday night, there's going to be a children's story um, I believe we're doing communion, so we're going to be partaking in the Lord's Supper together. Uh, we're going to be introducing some new members to our church as well. So we'd love to have you come Sunday night at 6 p.m. as well. And then throughout the week, we have all kinds of different things. We have men's Bible studies almost every day. We have ladies' Bible studies on uh, Thursdays and then once a month on Tuesday evenings. We have uh, children's programs on Wednesday nights and Sundays. We have some different small group series going on on Wednesday nights. We have a prayer meeting. We have a, a, a video series on marriage. And we have a video series on parenting. And they're all excellent. So I'm taking the one on marriage myself right now. It's really good, 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights right here at Harvest. And you can kind of find out about all of this by coming to church. And then you'll get a church bulletin. And in there you'll see a list of all the different things that are happening at Harvest it's almost impossible to make the announcements about everything because there's just so many different things going on. And that's just the church side. 
We also have a big Christian school here, Harvest Christian Academy, over 1,000 students enrolled right now full-time at Harvest Christian Academy, which is such a blessing. We have Harvest Baptist Bible College. We have almost 80 full-time college-age Micronesian students that live on campus, work on campus, and go to school on campus, all earning their bachelor's degrees right here at Harvest Baptist Bible College. And then many of them go back to the islands and teach or help with church work or just go back and and have their families and become uh, productive citizens in their community. Some of them head back to the States, some of them stay on Guam, but most of them, their goal is to get back to the islands, and uh, we're trying to train them to be able to go back as godly young men and women. So we have that. Of course, we have the radio station, which you're listening to right now, 88.1 FM. We have a coffee shop and bookstore here. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., you can stop by the Hub which is directly below the radio station on the first floor. As you pull up to the campus, you can't miss it. You'll see a brown awning. says Hub right on it, and that's where the coffee shop bookstore is. And um, we have a lot of good stuff in there. Anything you could get at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, pretty much you could get at the Hub, I guess except for Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts Coffee, that is. And uh, that's a great ministry. And then we have another ministry going on here, Harvest House. It's our foster care outreach. I was reminded today what a blessing it is to have this foster care ministry. I was able to give a tour. Uh, myself and Bethany Taylor gave a tour to some visitors that had heard about it but hadn't seen it. So we were able to show them the new resource center and uh, our temporary building over there, how we're using it. And they were able to actually see people, volunteers over there, sorting clothes and um, uh, serving some of the foster kids of Guam. So that was really neat. And that's that's a... It's underneath the umbrella of our ministry, but it's actually a separate 501c3, and um, they operate as a ministry to the foster care community, Child Protective Services, foster parents, and foster children. So there's a lot going on here at Harvest, and uh, we're very glad to be part of it, and we're glad that uh, you're part of this show today. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I was just reminded that Lawrence Dangas isn't even on Guam right now. I don't know what I was thinking. He's in the States. But you know what? We're still going to do this day in history. I'm just going to cover for him. So, plus, we should have some coffee coming up from the hub. We'll play What's in My Coffee. So, stick around. A little more live till five after this. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, by the way, on 88.1 FM, episode 187. Can't believe it's going by so quick. And uh, we love doing this show every Friday afternoon. Friday, October 14th, 3.34 p.m. We'll be right back after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 3.37 p.m. on Friday afternoon, October 14th, if you're listening live. You might be catching us on Saturday afternoon around 12.37, give or take a minute, because we do rebroadcast the show in its entirety, noon to 2 on Saturdays. Or maybe you're listening on your way home from church on Sunday night at about 7.38 p.m., it's because we rebroadcast from 7 to 9 p.m. So we can catch people at different times. Not everyone can just listen wall-to-wall where they just turn on the show and they just leave it on for two straight hours. A lot of people, they just catch bits and pieces as they're getting in and out of the car. And A lot of people don't have radios on everywhere they go. But we hope to catch your attention. The show is intended to uh, be edifying to you, to build you up, never tear you down. It's also intended to entertain you. I mean, I got to admit, we keep it light on purpose. Uh, We have a lot of good preaching programs here on Harvest Family Radio. Excellent content. And uh, this is in no way to diminish that. This is just an opportunity to kind of let our hair down on Friday afternoons, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., and just breathe a little bit, give you an alternative to some of the other things that are out there for entertainment. And so we do intend to entertain you a little bit, but we do want to edify you, build you up in your Christian walk. We want to encourage you. We want to educate you sometimes. We do everything from news to, to historical information to hot topics and current events and things like that. And uh, so you'll, you'll hear educational things here on the show as well. And sometimes we'll interview people or we will uh, even, we've even had people call in. We've the farthest call we've ever received was from South Africa. We've um, done a couple interviews like that where we interview people. We actually called um, the Horn of Africa, I believe, during the deployment of some of our National Guard troops. So we've had a lot of great opportunities uh, in that respect. So, and we hope to do even more of that as we continue with this show. But at this time, what I'd like to do is one of our original segments from the very first episode, episode X. Even This is the episode that happened before we ever broadcast. Our very first episode, we were just trying to see how it would go. I had never done a show quite like this, so we were nervous to just broadcast it live. We had to work through the bugs. So I didn't really know what to expect, so what we did is I put a look a little picture up on the wall of faces. Then I put a little sign on the microphone that said smile. And I just did a whole show imagining that people were listening, which is a lot like radio anyway. I mean, you're not getting feedback necessarily unless there's someone here in the studio with you. But, and then I kept reminding myself to smile. And one of the original things I did was this day in history, because it's just always interesting to hear this day in history. I used to listen to um, public radio a lot. And I remember back in the day, uh, there used to be a, a gentleman, a professor from the University of Guam that would do kind of uh, little snippets on Guam history. It was very fascinating. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dirk Ballendorf. And he just always very, um, it, it just his delivery style and just the, the type of stories were just fascinating on public radio and and that just always stuck with me like you know people like to hear historical things and everyone has this day in common so uh i'd like to give you some of the things that uh 
that happened this day in history, October 14th. 530 A.D., Discorus ends his reign as the Catholic antipope. Never heard of that before. 1066, the Battle of Hastings, Duke William of Normandy and the Norman army defeats the English forces of Harold II. 1322, Robert the Bruce of Scotland defeats King Edward II of England at Byland, forcing Edward to accept Scotland's independence. Let's see what else there is here. Mary, Queen of Scots in 1586, goes on trial for conspiracy against Elizabeth. You're going to hear her name again here soon. 1758, the Battle of Hochkirk, Saxon, Austrian army beats Prussia. 1773, American Revolutionary War, the United Kingdom's East India's Company, T, ships cargo. The T ship's cargo is burned at Annapolis, Maryland, kind of like a precursor to the Boston Tea Party. 1774, October 14th, First Continental Congress makes Declaration of Colonial Rights in Philadelphia. 1834, first black to obtain a U.S. patent, Henry Blair, for a corn planter. 1840, Maronite leader, Basher II, surrenders to the British forces and goes into exile in Malta. 1862, baseballer James Creighton ruptures bladder, hitting home run, dies on 10-18. Oh, ouch. Uh, let's see here. How about in uh, 1865, the Cheyennes and the Arapahoes signed the peace treaty, quote-unquote, then are chased out of Colorado. 1882, the University of Punjab is founded in present-day Pakistan. 1893, Harry Wright suggests that umpires keep the ball strike count a secret. That's interesting. Can you imagine... um, if uh, you didn't know what the strike count was. 1906, all Chicago World Series, hard to believe. First American League victory. White Sox win four games to the two Cubs losers. And they share, uh, Cubs losers share of $439.50 is the lowest for the World Series ever. So I don't think the Cubs have ever quite recovered from that. 1914, German troops occupy Brugge. Brugge. 1922, the first Tom McCann shoe store opens on 3rd Avenue in New York City. I remember having Tom McCann's when I was a little kid. Tom McCann's and Buster Brown's. 1930, George Gershwin. music premier, His uh, music premieres in New York City. And then a number of other things here. Let's kind of let's let's skip way ahead to uh, modern times because a lot has obviously happened in October. And uh, let's see here, 1968, October 14th, the first live telecast from a manned U.S. spacecraft, Apollo 7. In 1968, also a 6.8 earthquake wrecked the Australian town of Meckering. Also ruptured all major roads and railways nearby there. 1969, USSR performs nuclear tests at Novoya Zemlya, USSR. Let's see here. A couple other things happened in this day, and then we'll, we'll finish up with this here. 
1977, Princess Beatrice opens the Amsterdam Metro. And uh, 1978, I just heard this on the radio on a different station today. The first TV movie from the TV series, Rescue from Gilligan's Island, premiered, which was the most frustrating television show when I was a kid. I was six years old when that came on. They finally get off the island, only to somehow end back up on the island, stranded again. And they were happy about it. So frustrating. Anyway, yeah, return to Gilligan's Island. Who really wants to do that? Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, the coffee has been delivered, and we're going to have Chris and Sebastian in here join me for our What's in My Coffee segment. So you stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. back with a little more live till five it's 3 49 p.m on friday october 14th i'm jared baldwin your host joined in studio by sebastian and chris for the what's in my coffee segment uh how are you guys doing today by the way oh great man it's great a long but short week you know it's weird yeah long but short because we had monday kind of yeah. off well, yeah. chris didn't really have monday off Chris didn't get any time off. There's work to be done. Well, hey, I came in too. I'd do weather. <laughs> you did right? the yeah. weather on Monday. He was in here 20 minutes. Oh, there, hey, yeah, that's that's okay. That's true. That's okay. <laughs> um, hey, let me let me just ask a technical question, Chris. Is this thing supposed to be like scrolling uh, text across what the screen? What it's doing is it's running the script for the next hour ah, of the show. So if I click on this, it'll yeah, start showing. It will okay. populate. Yep. You don't yep. even have to click on it. In a minute, okay. it'll populate it. Okay. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, so yeah I just saw, you know, text flying by on the screen. I want to make sure I didn't actually sit my elbow down on the keyboard or something like that. So, yeah. well, I'm glad you guys came in because I've been kind of lonely in here. Uh, Lawrence is gone, and I've been uh, doing the show solo. Sorry. And so it's just me and the, you know, uh, dozens to thousands, possibly millions of listeners, <laughs> depending <laughs> Depending on uh, somewhere uh, in there, yeah, the measurement Anywhere that you use is huge. Minutes. It's huge. We're huge, huge. huge. Anyway, huge. Playing some catch up uh, work, okay. But you know what? It's time to play. What's in my coffee? This segment is brought to us by the Hub Hebrews Coffee Shop, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, music, gifts, Christian music and gifts, Yankee candles. Etc. I used to say the largest selection of Yankee Candles, but that's not true anymore. Now they have a moderate amount of Yankee Candles. What? Yeah. They, you know, why keep so many candles in stock? They have the small ones, though, now. They do have a lot of small ones. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of the largest, smallest selection of Yankee Candles. Well, it's a little bit the... smaller gift. You know, if you wanted to just get somebody one right. for, like, have a nice day type of thing, you can right. buy them one of the small right. candles. The big ones, the they were... They actually work great, and they last a nice long time, but um, if you don't burn it every day, it could last way past the season that it's appropriate for. Sure. So you start burning it at Thanksgiving, you're still burning it at Easter, and it smells like pine cones. You know, that's probably, you know, some kind of uh, 
off, uh, what do you call that? Awful, O-F-F-A-L. You know, like your, your sense of smell is probably a faux pas in that, in that department. Anywho, uh, let's, <laughs> let's play uh, What's in My Coffee. Now, I am sipping a nice hot drink for our listeners. This is where we get to sample drinks from the hub, which is still open for eight more minutes, by the way, if you're really thirsty and it's Friday afternoon. And uh, we get a drink, different things. They don't tell us what they are. They give us a little list of what the drinks are and kind of some of the ingredients after the fact. But uh, we just have a number on our cup, and we just have to pick them randomly and then uh, test them out. Sometimes if it's in a clear cup or something like that, we can tell certain cups are definitely hot cups. Like this is a hot cup, and uh, it tastes like, hold on. Ooh, nice and warm. Um, Has a creamy taste to it. Not like a flavored creaminess more like an actual milky creaminess uh and a tea flavor i think it tastes and it has a hint of vanilla i think it's a london fog and it has that not real heavy syrupy sweet so i think it's a sugar-free london fog which is an excellent drink also known as a uh earl gray milk tea i think is what it's called so earl gray vanilla bean milk tea or something so yeah. Wow. Now, Chris, uh, you have a hot drink there. This hot drink is not a mocha. Not so a that's mocha. A rare, that's a rare okay. thing, but it is a chocolate drink. I just happen to know this yeah. is hot chocolate. Yes. Now, there's there's one problem and one good thing. Okay. And that is that my voice is already going from a week of radio with a cold. Yep. And I'm just losing it. I, so you drink a bunch of chocolate. Yeah, the chocolate does not help my voice. Yeah, that's right. But because I've already got the raspy thing going on with right. The you thing, you were born with that. Yes, yes. So anyway, um, so I've already got that. But then when I drink the hot chocolate, now the second thing is though, is it kind of makes you feel better though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like warm. got that like nice. It it just like is a cup of nice home. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call it, cup but it's of, comforting. Cup of That's brown joy. Yeah. Cup of brown joy. So yes. so it's a it's a problem, yet it's a solution yeah. as well. Hey. So that's but it tastes great. It's yeah, it's really great. good. Hot chocolate. You're pretty yeah. pretty convinced of that. I'm, You'll be embarrassed if it's like a pineapple smoothie or something mocha, like that. It's not a pineapple smoothie. <laughs> but if it, if it's a mocha, they didn't put any mm, coffee in. No, I don't think. No. Yeah. I I I I got a feeling you're pro- you probably know your hot chocolate. Now, Sebastian, you're yeah. drinking a Looks like a cold drink, ice cold. I see a tea bag hanging out of it. Yep. So, uh, what does it taste like? Okay, I don't know if you've ever had these, but there's there used to be this bubble gum that was like in these tin cans. They're like the strips of of, of gum. Yeah, that was in these yeah, colorful cans, and they're like fruity, yes, yeah. flavored. That's exactly what this tastes like, but it's like in a liquid form. <laughs> yeah. So, is it, it were, were they striped? Were, was yeah, it, yeah, the yeah. gum striped? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like a little zebra. Yeah, yep. I do remember. So that, that, that's what it tastes like, but like. Not like super strong, but that's pretty much what it tastes like exactly. Well, what you have is a cherry lemon green tea with calamansi. That sounds calamansi. pretty refreshing. That yeah, there's a little great, little actually. splash of calamansi. You do have the hot chocolate, Chris, and I have the sugar-free London Fog. So we're three for three. We actually perfectly predicted exactly what we're drinking. Now, my kids have an idea about what's in my coffee. Okay. All right. So uh, it's a little bit of a selfish idea. I have to say, but they said, what you ought to do one week is you ought to get a bunch of kids in and get kids drinks that they can get at the coffee shop. Ah. And the kids will come on and describe. And I said, you mean 
you kids, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Of I course. think that'd be great. Let's do it. Bring I them said, in. I said, uh, I said, yeah. Um, it's amazing how you've got an idea for you to get a free drink. But anyway, I thought I thought it was a good idea. I, I call that Yankee ingenuity. So it has to it has to be like a not caffeinate. You know, it sure. can't be a, yep. it can't be an Americana right, or something. Right, 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 right. Uh, it would need to be a kid friendly drink. The reason they had this idea is because for their birthdays, Harvest gives them a, a free drink card. Yep. Right for their yep. birthdays, all the staff kids. Yeah, I, I assume it's for the yeah, staff, staff kids. kids yeah, yeah. So. Um, so they got a free drink, and then they figure out all the cool things they can order. So I'm not sure what they ordered, but they were raving about the drinks they ordered. Nice, so nice. I said, that sounds like a good idea. I think sure. Pastor Jared would go for that idea. Well, Chris, do you think your wife would like... I would offer this to your wife, Sebastian, but um, I'm going to yeah. offer to Chris. Chris is like I said. <laughs> but it pump- may be a while. <laughs> do you oh, think... Yeah, would right. your wife drink a pumpkin chai with uh, coffee in it? Oh yeah, a pumpkin dirty yeah. chai. That's what that is. You can take that home to her. So yes. that's a pumpkin chai with not a sure splash last, of coffee. I'm not sure it'll last three hours. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to, <laughs> you have to like keep it, you know, re, re, reheated or something like that. So yeah. maybe she's listening and she just drives over real quick and gets it for a free drink. If she's listening. If she's listening. She should come over and get it. There you go. All right. Well, we have about two minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing? I'm sorry. I got, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I just got I, paid. I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I'll go get some food. Yeah, that sounds good. Like groceries or eat out? or uh, Probably not even that fancy. Do you cook for yourself at all? I have a shake that I drink. A shake? Yeah. You don't make any um like food, food? Well, like sometimes I'm out of milk, so I have to make noodles. That's about it. Sometimes <laughs> you're out of milk, so you have to make noodles. Wow. You know, I, I introduced, uh, when I was inviting people to come visit the radio station, I said it's like a space, like space shuttle endeavor, and that this is like a space station, and you guys would be the astronauts. And now that I hear your diet, you drink shakes, <laughs> milk, and noodles pretty much. Um, that's like the astronaut diet right there. Well, we've explained to him all of the different, because between Joe and Ray's and I, we talked to Sebastian. He's the new new guy and the youngest guy. Mm-hmm. And so we've told him all of our great ideas for single guy meals. Right. The problem is he's like, nah, not doing that. I just don't care enough. I nah. Really? Not doing that. I'm like, oh, that's man. a great, you know, I've got, I hit him with all my best stuff, like the 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 toast with the Swiss cheese and the pineapple and the raisins on top that you do open face mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, you know that's mm-hmm. like a single yeah. guy but a yeah good, sure you get a toaster oven a good, get a little toaster oven exactly, going yeah man and I've hit him with my best stuff yep even when, like, when I was single yeah. I would even take a uh, can of spaghettios and put it on my iron at least so I'd have like hot meal well, you're saying you don't even do well, that I don't have a car so I can't go get food sometimes oh, it's boy. very random and I don't ever know what to do so yeah oh boy well. Uh, now I feel it's bad. A sad for you. Story. <laughs> so you're gonna have a sad weekend with you and your noodles and your milk. And <laughs> I'm actually out of noodles now. Oh no. Well the good thing about the drink you chose is it still has a tea bag. You can make like five or six more glasses of tea out of that. Bring so it. that's hobo tea. Anyway, hey, thanks for coming by for the first hour. And listeners, thanks for staying tuned. This is KHMG eighty eight point one FM, Harvest Family Radio, and it is three fifty nine PM in the afternoon. And as uh, we wrap up this hour, stay tuned for a whole nother hour of Live Till 5 as uh, we come back in just a few minutes after the news.
We're back with our second hour of Live Till 5, 4.06 p.m. on Friday, October 14th. Here at Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, KHMG. Right here in Barragata, Guam, I'm looking out the window, very overcast. The sky is a steel blue, and uh, we have light precipitation falling right now. Looks like we've... Gained about half an inch of rain today, according to our little rainometer here on the roof. I don't know if that's the technical term. 14 mile per hour breezes from the northeast, 79 degrees, 39% humidity, barometer 29.71. And just in case you're curious, it's 76 degrees here in the studio. Anyway, having a great afternoon with you. Glad that you're with us. Glad you came back for the second hour. If you ever miss part of the show, you can always tune in Saturdays. Noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound or go to khmg.org. There are a lot of different listening options there. The TuneIn app, you can listen to our live stream there. Uh, the podcast, you can uh, go through SoundCloud, download podcasts, go to our archives, listen. A lot of different ways to, to listen to our show through that. So go to khmg.org. You'll also find our show uploaded Shortly after the show's over to Facebook, Harvest Family Radio is on Facebook. We'd love for you to find our page. Give us a little thumbs up there. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. Not just of this show, but radio station in general. Give us some ideas, things that uh, you might want us to talk about. We've been doing this show for 187 episodes. Can you believe it? That's, that's a lot. That makes... I wonder if I'm eligible for any type of radio hall of fame yet or not i'm not sure i'll ask chris when he comes back on the air here with us a little bit he's a he's a pro he might be just a little bit ahead of me in the radio hall of fame uh list not sure we'll ask 187 episodes might not be that big of a deal since we only do one a week and uh i am prolific with the bumper music as you can hear yeah I'm really good at that part of it. The rest of it, you know, still learning. But glad you're with us this afternoon. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. And uh, now it's time for Stranger Than Fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. All the way back back in episode X, the first episode that's never been aired, I did a segment called Stranger Than Fiction. I, When I first in, envisioned having this show, well, a lot of us kind of put our heads together on this. Some thought, hey, let's do something serious. 
then they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, how about I do some Stranger Than Fiction? Because there's so many funny stories out there or interesting informational stories. And if I call the segment Stranger Than Fiction, I can draw in just about any topic that just kind of catches me as odd or funny or even infuriating it sometimes. And uh, and so, yeah, there you go. Now, 187 episodes later, I've done Stranger Than Fiction every single episode. So here you go. As a throwback to last week's show, last week, remember, we talked about um, fears and phobias, and uh, then the guys put the uh, picture of the ceramic clown's face on the podcast. If you haven't seen that, um, if you didn't have a phobia about clowns, you would have a phobia about podcasts about clowns after seeing that image. But anyway, uh, this is from... Uh, the U.S. Bureau of Justice and the U.S. Census Bureau Internal Revenue Service and a number of other sources, Harvard, things like that. And this is uh, a little infographic that says you're afraid of the wrong things. For example, odds of dying in an airplane crash in any given year, 1 in 11 million. So although one of the top 10 fears of anyone is dying in a plane crash or fear of flying, it's one in 11 million chance in any given year that you could actually die in a plane crash. Odds of being abducted by a stranger before the age of 18 is one in 1.5 million. Total monetary loss due to all other property crimes in 2012, $14 billion. There was a lot of property crime. Total monetary loss due to identity theft, though, 24.7 billion. So although the this the point of this is hey you are afraid of getting things stolen but you should be more afraid of your identity being stolen. And you remember how I said it's a 1 in 1.5 million chance of being abducted before 18? Well, the odds of your child's personal identity being misused before the age 18 1 in 40. One out of 40 children, their identity is misused before the age of 18. And the chance of dying in a plane crash, one in 11 million each year, but the odds of being a victim of ID theft, one in 20. I've been a victim of identification theft, and this was before ID theft was a big thing. This was like back in 1995. Number of businesses that filed for bankruptcy in 2013 in the U.S., 44,111. Percentage of businesses that experienced at least one data breach between 2011 and 2013, 78%. I just saw something pop up today. I need to go back and look up. It was a a warning from the Kim Commando site, K-O-M-A-N-D-O, Kim Commando. She has a lot of good uh, consumer tips when it comes to electronics and things and consumer safety. And uh, she had a warning out about changing your Amazon account password because of a big data breach with Yahoo recently. So I need to go back and do a little more research on that. But, you know, since 2005, there have only been eight fatal shark attacks in America, but there have been 45 million military personnel affected by data breaches in that same amount of time. Eight fatal shark attacks, but 45 million data breaches just amongst military personnel. So this article's point you're afraid of the wrong things. Now, by the numbers, these numbers come to us by way of World Magazine, the October 15th issue. 
here are some numbers that I find interesting. Some of them are informational, some are educational, some might uh, get your blood boiling. 81.4 million. That's the record-setting number of viewers across the 11 networks who tuned in for the first presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton on September 26th, according to a preliminary estimate from Nielsen. 81.4 million. Record-setting audience for the first presidential debate. 900 is the approximate number of people in the U.S. Department of Homeland Security granted citizenship after they were ordered deported, and it's a result of faulty fingerprint record-keeping. 67 is the number of baseball seasons the L.A. Dodgers sportscaster Vin Scully has broadcast. President Harry Truman threw out the first pitch in Scully's first game in 1950. 500 million is the number of Yahoo accounts affected in a 2014 data breach that wasn't revealed until September 22nd. That's the one probably Kim Commando was referring to. $87.5 million. That's the reported earnings for comedian Kevin Hart between June 2015 and June 2016, making him the country's top earning comedian, according to Forbes magazine. And under an article by Mindy Bells in World Magazine called Out of Balance, What Explains the Scarcity of Resettled Syrian Christian Refugees in the United States? She has a few stats here. 11,491 Syrian refugees have resettled in the United States. That's, that's a significant number. 11,491 Syrian refugees have resettled in the United States. Now, out of the 11,491, 11,000 300 are Sunni Muslims. Only 54 are Christians. And 137 others, the 137 others include the term other, but 110 of themselves call themselves Muslims. So almost 99% of the Syrian refugees that have been brought to the United States and resettled in the United States, are Muslims. So the Christians that are being persecuted in Syria are not finding relief by coming to America, but many, many Muslims are moving to America. Here you go. Former Israeli Prime Minister Shimon Peres died at the age of 93 on September 28th in a hospital near Tel Aviv. He was born in Poland. Perez was part of the founding generation of Israel and held numerous senior offices throughout his career. In the 60s, he negotiated the historic arms deal with France, and he helped Israel acquire nuclear weapons. As foreign minister from, uh, in 1993, he negotiated the Oslo Accords, which proved to be a fragile and temporary peace with the PLO. He twice served as Israel's prime minister. Here are a couple interesting dispatches from World Magazine. Nine-year-old Will uh, Malius graduated from high school this year and enrolled full-time in community college in the Allegheny County, uh, Pennsylvania. uh, Malius's father said his son showed unusual intelligence early. He was speaking sentences at seven months, adding and multiplying by two, learning Chinese by five, and is currently getting top grades in his college classes. His teacher says he keeps up easily, and he's been accepted to Carnegie Mellon for next year and hopes to become an astrophysicist, nine-year-old college student. How about this? 
This is one of those stranger than fiction that might get your blood boiling. So brace yourself. The United States Navy last month mandated all sailors from the rank and file to senior officers to undergo training in the service's new transgender policies. The Navy will begin to recruit transgender personnel on July 1, 2017. The training seminars, which include telling sailors what to say and believe about certain actions, could lead to violations of religious beliefs. Problems have already arisen. Navy Chaplain Wes Motter faces potentially career-ending discipline after he voiced his beliefs on homosexual activity during a counseling session with sailors. He was later exonerated, but with the new mandated training, liberal beliefs on transgender issues become Navy policy and could incur harsher discipline for dissenters. And finally, two more stranger-than-fiction stories, then we'll take a short break and come back for the news. Let's make it three more. Here you go. A lane change foiled a plan of Bree, California driver, to skirt the rules of a carpool lane on a nearby highway. The man, unidentified by police, had set up a mannequin in the passenger seat of his truck. This reminds me of an old Dr. Olala story, by the way. He put a mannequin in the seat of his car and almost caused a traffic accident. Have, have you heard that one, Chris, uh, Dr. O's story? Yeah, it was on Building Great Leaders probably, I don't know, I think it was last week. That he told that story. He put a blonde his... wig on the on the mannequin, and yeah, yeah. 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 Well, this actually happened in the carpool lane, and um, the mannequin apparently appeared to everyone on the road to be a human passenger. Everyone except the police officer on a motorcycle, who on September 21st pulled up next to the truck to warn the driver about a dangerous lane change and the traffic he had made. The officer noticed the lifeless passenger and issued a driver citation. And apparently the officer took a picture of the mannequin because we have it here in the magazine. How about this one? It's not just teens who should watch out what they post on social media. An 18-year-old Austrian woman. This is very interesting. I wish my mom was listening. An 18-year-old Austrian woman has filed a lawsuit against her parents for posting what she calls embarrassing childhood photographs on Facebook. The unidentified teen alleges her parents began posting pictures of her when she was 11 and signed up for social media... And uh, and they signed up for the social media site. It said they knew no shame or limits, she told Austria's Digons Walk magazine. Whether it was sitting on the potty or different things or being in their crib, my every step was recorded photographically and afterwards made public. The teen filed a lawsuit in Austrian court scheduled for November, and her parents refused to take down their pictures. Interesting. Going to be very interesting see how that plays out, a child's privacy. And then finally, back to a lighter note, South Carolina toddler, late-night joyride in a battery-powered toy car ended safely when he was spotted by a good Samaritan. The two-year-old from Sumter, South Carolina, got loose before daybreak on September 11th wearing only a diaper and a toddler jogging pants. When a local woman discovered him and called the police, officers successfully tracked the path left by the small vehicle to a nearby home where surprise parents took back their son. Wow. That would be uh, one knock on the door you wouldn't be expecting. A police officer holding your child in one hand and a battery-powered car in the other. You know, I guess it's better when they're two and they're not like 17. You know, that would be a much worse situation. Yeah, when somebody shows up with your kid in your car at 17, it's a whole different story. Yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. And and if you're a 17-year-old, yeah, you, you just don't want to be in that situation. No. So... So, uh, Chris, I think what we're going to do is I think I'm going to take a short break for the news and we come back uh, or for other than the news. Then we'll come back for the news 
And uh, I've plus, got some info for you. Great, and I want to hear where you so got you that know. shirt. By the way, what this shirt? is? Yeah, do you you, you get your your from uh, yes. obscuresoccerjerseys.com or no. UK no. UK football gear you know, dot no. org or something classic football shirts dot co dot UK really I order classic football shirts yeah that's a Vauxhall is that how you say it the Vauxhall Vauxhall Scotland yeah this okay. is just a, this is just the sponsor okay for the Scottish national team okay got it got it got yeah, it yeah so it's a I Scottish like it. national team polo yes. But what I, you have to scour the site for good deals. Right. Well, they that's have a not lot actually a jersey. That's no. more That's more like what a coach would wear or a fan would wear. These are team-issued yes. uh, uh, polo shirts. Yeah. I really for, like it. It's Adidas. It's yeah. sharp. Yeah. So it's, I order, I've ordered probably oh, four or five orders from give them. Me, give me the title of the website again. It's uh, classicfootballshirts.co.uk. And they ship anywhere. Yeah, I mean, the, the, these shirts got here in five days. Wow. From Manchester, England. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. If I order it from California, six weeks later, yeah. it arrives. right, right, right. If I order it from Manchester, England, it has something to do with, look, the queen, like, personally gets involved. Uh, Maybe. Because you know. it's the queen's royal mail. Oh, okay. It's the royal mail. Yeah. And that's how it... Can't, that's how it comes. It, when it uh, when it comes in the little bag, it mm-hmm. comes in. It's directly from the Royal Mail. Wow! So man, that um, makes you want to keep the packaging and everything. Yeah, you know, hey, it came from the Queen. No, <laughs> not not exactly. Everything has the Queen's name on it. If it's a government entity in in the UK, nice segue because I'm going to be talking about the Queen here in a little bit. Some interesting facts about Queen Elizabeth II because we're talking about kings and monarchs after the news after this break. Stick around more live till five after this short break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, episode 187 on this Friday, October 14th, 4.26 p.m. If you're listening live, join in studio. Actually, you never really left, but we no. have to put on the appearance of, like, staging and things like that. He's actually yes. been here. He's just, he's kind of, uh, he's imminent. He's always at hand, right? It's not exactly a vast broadcast complex. No, yeah, he didn't no. have to come from the other side of, of uh, you know, the the broadcast campus i mean when i say worldwide headquarters of harvest family radio you can spin around three times in the chair and uh you can say oh i'm also in the radio studio yeah you've seen everything yes right exactly so what's happening in the news chris well guam residents have two more weeks to register to vote in the general election if you have not done that yet the deadline is october 28th Locations to register the Guam Election Commission's office or at your mayor's office beginning October 18th when the district registration begins. Over 50,000 were registered as of October 10th. My wife and I are two of those registered voters, so hope you get registered. Uh, Guam broke a nearly 20-year-old record this fiscal year. 1.5 million visitors traveled to the island, 
surpassing the 1997 record by nearly 100,000 visitors. September was a record-breaking month with 133,629 visitors, the best in Guam's history. Guam's top market for visitors is Japan. There has actually been a decrease in arrivals from Japan, but arrivals from Korea, China, and the Philippines are up and have broken records this fiscal year. 35.2% increase for Korea, 11.4% increase for China, and a 52.3% increase in visitors from the Philippines. All of the sectors are up from 2015. Some national and international news. U.S. launched Tomahawk cruise missiles, destroyed three coastal radar sites in the Houthi-controlled territory on Yemen's Red Sea coast early on Thursday. Officials said a retaliatory action, uh, this was a retaliatory action, that followed two incidents this week in which missiles were fired at U.S. Navy ships. The strikes marked the first shots fired by the U.S. in anger against the Houthis in Yemen's long-running civil war. The U.S. previously only provided logistical support and refueling to the Saudi-led coalition battling Yemen's Shiite rebels, known as the Houthis, and their allies, including supporters of Yemen's former president. While the U.S. military has been focused on al-Qaeda in Yemen, the Houthis had not been a primary target of American forces until the missile launches. No information on casualties from the U.S. missiles uh, were provided at this point. The three radar sites were in remote areas. Florida officials on Thursday announced a new area of Zika transmission in the Miami region and have called on the federal government for funding to help fight the outbreak. Excuse me. Uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott said state health officials have confirmed that local transmission of the mosquito-borne Zika virus are occurring in a new smaller area of Miami-Dade County where the state believes two women and three men have now been infected with the virus. The governor said the state's health department believes Zika transmission is only occurring in Miami Beach and this new area which is about one square mile uh, at this point. Last month, U.S. health officials urged pregnant women to consider putting off all non-essential travel to Miami due to the Zika virus outbreak uh, as the state lifted a travel warning uh, for the Wynwood area, a Miami neighborhood where the Zika virus was first uh, located. Floodwaters inundated the historic black town of Princeville, North Carolina on Thursday, leaving homes submerged to their roof lines as the state's death toll in the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew climbed to 22. Flooding from the Tar River had been expected in Princeville, which was founded in 1885 and believed to be the oldest U.S. town incorporated by freed slaves and most of its 2,000 residents have been evacuated. North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory described a dramatic rise in water levels in the town that had long been plagued by flooding and devastated by floods after Hurricane Floyd in 1999. Areas that had about a foot of water on Thursday morning 
were apparently covered in 12 feet by the afternoon. The governor praised the town's residents for heeding the evacuation orders. No one in that town died. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we have friends and have family in Bermuda, and they were really in serious prayer about the uh, hurricane that was hitting Bermuda this last 24 hours. And all their families safe, but it was a lot of devastation. So those storms are just brutal. Guam is a little more hardened towards storms now because all the concrete buildings. But uh, not everyone builds in concrete, so they're not ready for those storms. So, yeah, I've got more information for you. Great about what on your 187 episodes? Okay, of Live Till Five. Yes, I do not believe that you will be receiving any awards. For, for uh, the Hall of Fame, the, the Hall of Fame. When I hit no. two hundred, even when I hit two hundred, I mean that's longer than most. Uh, I mean, uh, Japanese anime series, uh, okay. television soap operas. I mean, very few make it to two hundred. To give you an idea, Unshackled is just barely ahead of us. Yeah, five. I think they've done 5,000, 6,000 yeah. It happens to be the oldest running radio yeah. drama in the world. Uh, I mean, but I thought we were up there. So uh, to give you an idea, I've been doing Take Note live weekdays, 1 to 3. Yes. Uh, on Harvest Family Radio since January okay. 2016. 203 weekdays since what? I began. 203 weekdays. Okay. I have done 26 rebroadcasts. Okay. In that time. So I have now done 177 live take note broadcasts on KHMG. Oh, well, this is an appropriate time for us to say you. that we're going to start doing live till five every day, seven <laughs> days a week. <laughs> seven. <laughs> so I can stay ahead. Yeah. You know? Oh, boy, so you're going to catch me. Weeks, in the next two weeks, you're going to be in ahead. In two of weeks, me. I'll be ahead of you. So oh, we got if I wouldn't, I should have limited my rebroadcast. Like I did two rebroadcasts mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. If I would have just limited my rebroadcast, I would have had you. Mm. Man, well, tell me what. You know, it's okay. It's not a competition. It's all the Lord's radio no. station anyway. So great. Well, and we did, uh, Chris. Uh, we got mentioned in a post by one of our our listeners who she really puts her whole heart and soul into listening. I bumped into her in the store the other day. She just got back from a trip, and. Uh, she was listening to What's in My Coffee, and there's this picture she posted. Um, it says, What's in my coffee? I don't know, but it tastes like chicken. And it's one of our Harvest Family Radio mugs. Yes. With a chicken, some kind of hen or rooster, with its head almost fully submerged in the cup, drinking out of the cup with her, her hand holding the cup. So um, uh, Mimi owns the Boonie B&B, the right. Boonie Bed and Breakfast, and I believe... That uh, she is a a chicken aficionado, not like fried chicken that would offend yeah. all of her clientele. Live chicken, live chickens, and right. uh, they obviously like coffee out of our eighty-eight point one cup. That's and great. she deserves it. She, you know, she really, she really supports us. So, and she heard me say some cryptic comment last week about, "Hey, on the two hundredth episode, we're going to ask everyone to bring us cookies." She's already planning on it. Wow! So maybe we'll give her another mug. Then she can have like you know the the dogs and the cats also could all be drinking out of harvest mugs, the That's, whole family seems appropriate. I think it's great. So, yeah. Chris, thanks a lot. Appreciate you uh, bringing the news to us, and uh, I'm gonna do a little bit on the theme of the day, which are kings and monarchs, because sadly, 
but predictably, the king of Thailand passed away today. Yeah. Um, king Bumi, or King Bumibol, uh, I cannot pronounce his last name, and I don't want to insult him, his memory by saying his last name wrong, but King Bumi uh, died. Uh, he had been crowned on May 5th, 1950, and he is 88 years old and uh, passed away. It was announced yesterday on October 13th um, on the, from the uh, statement given at the Royal Palace, read on the state TV, and he was the world's longest reigning living monarch. Died at 3.52 p.m. yesterday in a peaceful manner, the royal palace said, as thousands waited outside the hospital in nervous anticipation of the news. Uh, Bumi Bol ascended the throne 70 years ago. This is according to CNN, making him the world's longest reigning monarch before his death. Um, and so exactly when Crown Prince Maha Vangelorn will ascend to the throne is unknown. The prime minister... Uh, Prayut Chan Ocha said he needs time to jointly mourn with the Thai people. The Prime Minister urged people to be vigilant about national security. Everyone needs to be alert in every region and throughout the country to ensure safety. And this is something that um, my first mission trip to Thailand three or four years ago, one of the missionaries that had been there for his whole lifetime, told me that this, this was something that everyone was watching very closely. The king has been in the hospital for like a decade. So he's been very ill, rarely, rarely making public appearances, and they've been anticipating this change in power, but um, they've had political upheaval there before. They had a coup uh, from a general. They've had um, some some major division in the country uh, because some people follow the prince and some people follow the princess, and so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there in Thailand as they go through this uh, change in leadership, especially that, you know, you have multiple generations. All they know was this king. And uh, Thailand's unique also in that they're a free country. As a monarchy, they're, they're similar to the way the UK would be, but they have almost a worship of the king. Whereas um, in the UK... They can make fun of the queen a little bit, or they, you know, can they have, have they have more of an admiration. They of do, the queen, yes, which like is a, like a grandmother, right? Sure. And she has a honorary. I mean, she does have some authority, but um, the king has ultimate authority in Thailand, and they have these laws that you. I asked why they have his name on everything, right. bridges and buildings. They have his picture, his image on everything, and it's because there's a law that you have to respect the king. And so one way to do it is just put his name or his picture on your building. And if you don't, there's all kinds of penalties. Right. And if you're a foreigner, you're it's kind of like the Roman Empire where you're not, from my understanding, you're not subject to the same freedoms as citizens. And so you can actually face even stiffer penalties right. as a foreigner that's not respecting the king. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, in the near future there in Thailand the the whole country is going to be in mourning. Um, the king's color was yellow, and uh, that's why a lot of Thai things are yellow, because that was the king's color. Yeah, in the UK, actually, they still do call the queen the sovereign. Mm -hmm. And I asked someone when I was there a bunch of years ago, uh, what would happen if the queen decided, hey, I'm going to involve myself a little bit in some of this political process and maybe make my, you know, make my opinions known? And they said, well, it would be a, a constitutional crisis. Now, they don't have a constitution 
in uh, Britain, mm-hmm. but they talk about having uh, sort of a, uh, first of all, they talk about writing a constitution, and they have sort of an agreement on how it should all work, but it's not like a written down agreement on how it should work. But uh, the new prime minister, Theresa May, when she um, was elected by her party as the leader, she goes, and it, it's just, it sounds ceremonial, but it's really not. She goes to the queen and says, may I form a government? Hmm. Right. Interesting. So that's always the transition of power, is the new leader, who will become prime minister, goes and asks permission of the queen, wow. may I form a government? And then from there, she has the power to then uh, wow. form a government. So it's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a loose uh system they have a parliament there but it's a but it's a um it's it would cause a constitutional crisis were the monarch to interject themselves into the political process i mean it would throw things into a real tailspin because uh, it's been sort of an agreement for these many years that the king or the queen would not become involved in the in the Mm. political process wow wow Well, I have some fast facts about Queen Elizabeth II. She is one of the oldest uh, reigning monarchs on the planet. And um, uh, she became the United Kingdom's longest-serving monarch a year ago September, uh, surpassing the 63 years and seven months and two days of her great-grandmother, Queen Victoria. Elizabeth II has been married to Philip for 69 years. 64 of those years, she's been queen. And her son, Prince Charles, is the longest-serving heir apparent in British history. So longevity uh, has not always been um, the monarch's strength, but in this family it has been. And um, at the beginning of both her reign and that of the late King Joseph— and the, the, the late Thai king, who passed away, we were just talking about, Joseph Stalin was still the leader in the Soviet Union, and Harry Truman was the United States president. And uh, the Sultan of Brunei is also one of the oldest reigning monarchs, and he is also one of the world's richest men. And uh, he's the second longest reigning monarch on the planet, and he is the head of one of the only absolute monarchies on the planet. Right. So he actually, and it's, it's very interesting because Brunei is south of here uh near it's it's really actually located on an island that is part of indonesia but it's its own little sovereign nation yeah and it's very influenced i believe um of course islam is the uh national religion and i believe not only do they not have a proselyte you can't proselytize you can't be there if you're not Muslim, if I'm not mistaken, you can't like move there and live there. And right. there's no freedom. It is absolute monarchy. So, and then there are a number of others. Queen Margaret of Denmark. Um, she's, she's been reigning since, uh, uh, oh boy, since she's 76 years old. So she's one of the oldest reigning monarchs. King Carl the 16th of Sweden. Not that famous other than he's the king that gives away the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, the Nobel Prizes every year. Right. And so, um, yeah, so very interesting. A lot of old monarchs. I, sh- I should correct myself just slightly, and that is that the, the U.K. doesn't have a constitution like we have. When they say a constitutional crisis in the U.K., they're talking about the constitution being the sum of all the laws Got together it. Got it. in the U.K., the British Isles, 
Northern Ireland, got it, Scotland, Wales. So, in a way, they say that a constitutional crisis, but it's not like they have one piece of paper. Right, it's more of a universal everything. term. Yeah, right, got it. Okay, well, Queen Elizabeth II turned ninety years old this last year, and um, did you know she was homeschooled? Yeah, she, she was homeschooled. Not yeah, sort I mean of. home educated. When, when I mean, get, she had teachers coming yeah. to the home, but she didn't go to a traditional school. No, when herself. you get the best teachers shipped into the palace, that's slightly different than regular homeschool. Yeah, but true. Slightly. Uh, she lived through World War II. Matter of fact, she trained as a mechanic yep. and a driver, I believe, although she didn't have to, to serve, I don't believe. Coronation was the first to be televised in England. Um, she actually carries a, little, carries a little cash in her purse on Sundays because she goes to church and she wants to put money in the offering plate. These are all these fast facts about Queen Elizabeth II. She is owned, she is a dog lover, big time, and she loves corgis. Corgis, yep. She's owned over 30. Her first dog's name was Susan. She's answered over 3.5 million items of correspondence in her life, herself, personally. 3.5 million. Once a week for half an hour. uh, No, for an hour, she meets with the British Prime Minister. Right. Every week. Uh, She speaks fluent French. She's the only person in the UK who doesn't need a driver's license or a license plate to drive. Can you imagine being the, the uh, Bobby that pulls her over? Uh, she, I, don't, I don't think she drives <laughs> in that way. She might drive up on her estate in, yeah, in Scotland. Yeah, right, right, right. Something like that. Uh, she does not need a passport to travel internationally. That's no. pretty interesting. When you're the Queen of England, no, you don't. As a princess, she drove a truck and trained as a mechanic for World War II, so she did do that as princess. She's visited more than 115 co- countries, and I believe she's been to America five times in her life. Um, the Queen has traveled overseas more than 250 times. She's attended every parliament opening, with the exception of two, during which she was expecting two of her children. She usually receives about 60,000 letters per year. She made her first radio broadcast in 1940 at the age of 14. And the Queen and Duke of Edinburgh uh, have sent more than 45,000 Christmas cards in their lifetime. It's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, and you're wearing the Scottish shirt, so you would know. I trust you. I tr- totally trust you on that. There are a lot more kingdoms than you realize. Like, uh, Let me list off the, the kingdoms that are out there. Bahrain, Belgium, Bhutan, Brunei, Cambodia, Denmark, Japan, Jordan. You don't think of Japan being a kingdom, but there's an emperor of right. Japan. Kuwait. Uh, Lesotho, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Malaysia, Monaco, Morocco, Netherlands, Norway, Oman, Qatar, Samoa. Don't think about Samoa being a, a, a kingdom. Saudi Arabia, Spain, Swaziland, Sweden, Thailand, Tonga, and the United Kingdom. All kingdoms with monarchs that, that right. ran over them. And uh, there were a number of monarchs who actually became, they were crowned while they were still kind of wearing diapers. So King Oyo uh, from the Toro Kingdom of Uganda was just a child. Uh, uh, let's see here. Emperor Puyi of China was just an infant. Uh, Pomer III of Tahiti was only 17 months old. Henry VI of England became uh, England's youngest king at eight months old. I mean, how can you reign at eight months old? You can't. Uh, Swaziland, Sobuza II was only four months old. Emperor Shang of Han, China, was just a baby as well. 
Uh, let's see here. A couple others here. Czar Ivan the Sixth was only two months old. Mary Queen of Scots, 17 months old. Uh, let's see. And she be- actually, her son James was only 13 months old when he became king. Right. John the First of France, the day he was born. His father had died four months earlier. And the day he was born, he became king. Alfonso the Thirteenth of Spain, the same day um, uh, he was born, became king. And Shah Shapur the second, history's first fetal king. He was actually made king before he was actually born. Which would be a great point for pro-life uh, movement, obviously. I mean, if you can be a king before you're born, you must be a life. Yeah. A lot of small kingdoms in the world. Wallace and Fortuna, uh, if you ever look at different like Pacific um, Almanac-type magazines, Wallace and Fortuna is one of those uh, Polynesian uh, kingdoms. Uh, Bhutan, Tonga, Tonga's a, an island chain as well. Brunei, which we talked about. Lesotho, it's a mountain kingdom with 11,720 square miles surrounded by the Republic of South Africa. Uh, that's a little tiny kingdom. And Swaziland is also a very small kingdom, just 6,704 square miles in southern Africa. And uh, there are uh, 60 sons and 70 wives by King Sobuza II, which we mentioned is one of the kings that became a king as an infant. Wow. Now, I, I watched a thing. Uh, I watched a... Uh a documentary about uh, the small islands of of um, Britain, mm-hmm. and they talked about one particular island where the, it's kind of just like a series of pilings. Yes. With, do you have that somewhere? I do. I actually I want to hear about that again. This is Basically, uh, the guy has declared himself the king of this thing, and yes. he says he's an independent state and all that. Yeah, it's his, it is the Principality of Sealand. That's right. Sealand, Patty Roy Bates, what a great name. King Patty Roy Bates was the man, self-appointed prince, became behind the Principality of Sealand, which was set up in a disused Second World War II platform in international waters about seven miles out at sea. Originally inspired by the pirate radio movement, Bates created Radio Essex in the 1960s in an offshore fort. Despite it being shut down, Bates was not discouraged and moved to Fort Roffs in 1966. Shunning in order to leave, Bates instead declared independence of the ocean platform, named the fort a principality, with himself Prince Roy and his wife Joanne as princess. Now the fort makes money by hosting internet servers and by selling aristocratic titles, uh, and even Sealand has its own flag. Right. Yeah, and it's these two big pylons seven miles out to sea where uh, King Patty lives. They, they, I think the, the point that they were making on that documentary was that this is the smallest independent state yes. in the world. Yep. Only two people, right? Yeah. They have, yeah. There, there are some, there's this new one called Enclava, uh, I think, you know, like off the word enclave, in between Slovenia and Croatia, and it's oh. just a few hundred square feet. Wow. And it was a peop, people vacationing. They're like, you know, it'd be a great idea. Let's set up our own country. So they... Establish this little. That kingdom. is a great idea. Yeah, and so <laughs> there's there are a couple of these. Uh, Liberland is on the other side of uh, of Croatia. Uh, Freetown Christiana in Copenhagen. It's like actually in the city of Copenhagen. And then there's just there's a cup there's this one called uh, Wanga Momana Wanga Momana Republic of Wanga Momona. Yeah, and um, 
it's just uh it's like the whole kingdom is really actually just this one hotel yeah that's it so. yeah guam was on this list that i saw but guam was like guam is an enormous island compared to a lot of these places that they were listing as, oh yeah as uh, islands uh island nations island nation yep. yeah Yep. Yeah. Well, there's there's a bunch, and it, uh, if you ever play any of those like little uh, geography trivia uh, trivia games, like these apps for geography, sure. you just start to realize how little you know about some of these little countries. Sure. I didn't even know San Marino was a country, but I missed that trivia I did, question. I did because they play football against there some of the bigger countries in so, Europe. Yeah, they sell obscure football jerseys, so you, you would can know. get one on <laughs> I'm classic sure. football I'm, shirts. <laughs> and they don't even sponsor the show. UK. That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to take a short break. Chris, thank you very much for hanging around, being my wingman on that. And listeners, thanks for sticking around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to end with something kind of in line with our topic of the day, but with a spiritual, just a, just a little touch of biblical truth to wrap up the show today. So stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. 4.52 p.m. on Friday, October 14th. We'll be back right after this. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old Teacher's journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand and we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. Thanks for hanging in with us today. We talked about kings and monarchs. You know, I was going to do a little something on King David. <clears throat> But I think what I'd like to do is instead just remind us as Christians just a little truth from God's word. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. First Timothy 2, 1 through 4. If you think about the kings that they were talking about at that time, you had King Herod and you had Caesar, two people that were probably not easy to obey and revere. Yet the Bible said that these early Christians needed to be in prayer for those kings. And the king, the word king there, Basilius, means leader of the people, a prince, a commander, lord of the land. <clears throat> and the authority is huperoke, like uh, elevation, preeminence, superior. Metaphorically, it means excellence. So his excellency, uh, the prince, the king, we need to be in prayer for them. And I think that would probably spread out to include even the presidential candidates. And as we pray for them, remember this. Proverbs 2, 1 through 3. The king, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. 
I love that first phrase, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You know, the king has free will. The president has free will. Prime ministers have free will. They can do what they choose to do. They have that prerogative. However, God has a way of bringing about circumstances that still will will help influence a king oftentimes to make decisions that can be a blessing or help accomplish God's will, even if the king doesn't intend that to happen. You know, you can think of when Pontius Pilate had Jesus crucified. Well, Pontius Pilate's will was to have Jesus killed, and the leaders, the religious leaders' will was to have Jesus killed. Yet God was still able to use that to accomplish his purpose and receive glory. And so God did not make Pontius Pilate crucify Jesus, and he did not prevent Pontius Pilate from crucifying Jesus. He could have done either. But instead, he allowed it to happen, and that still was a building block that fit into God's will, God's greater plan. So before we get too stressed out and too nervous about who's going to be the president and who's going to be running the nation of of Thailand, the kingdom of Thailand, we need to remember that God is still in control and he can influence kings and leaders. And our responsibility is to pray for them and to be salt and light in our community. You know, we want to make sure that we are being a good testimony to our neighbors and uh, loving them and loving each other because in 1 John it says, this is how people know that we are his disciples because of the love we have one for another. And that's my little sermonette there. So, so glad you're with us today on Live Till 5. It's the fastest two hours of my week, of course, here on uh, Live Till 5. It's 4.58 p.m. We're going to wrap up the show. If you're listening live, it's Friday afternoon. It's super rainy outside right now. Saturday, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound. Go to khmg.org. Listen to the rebroadcast, the podcast, the live stream. Catch all of our other great programs that we produce here locally. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, so glad you're with us. Every week, Friday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m., live right here at KHMG 88.1 FM. You're listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Stay tuned for SRN News.